the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Garden Talk aims to introduce new ideas, help solve problems, and keep you up to date on the latest developments in the nursery and landscaping industry. Call in now with your gardening questions, 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. Now, here are your Garden Talk hosts, Ken, David, Mark, and George. Good morning, San Diego. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahaney, and George Allman. We're going to be here for the next hour talking to you about all kinds of stuff going on in your yard and garden. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Morning, fellas. Good morning, gents. Did we notice the moon and and Venus this morning? Yeah, it was a little bright. (laughs) You say that like it's a really bad thing. It was gorgeous. No, it It was was beautiful. It was beautiful. It It was crystal clear out of my house when I... Walked out of the garage at 5 o'clock this morning. It was uh, really quite nice. Did uh, you guys survive the great freeze warning of 2022? <laughs> the hard freeze? Yes. No, we didn't, we, no it was just a freeze warning. Just a freeze the warning. hard freeze was up in the Inland Empire. Oh, okay. We only had a freeze, freeze warning. warning. Yeah, well, it, 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 it didn't, didn't do anything. Yeah. It, very little at my house. A little, Maybe a little bit of frost, but... Uh, I got up at 3 o'clock in the morning to get a glass of water and went and checked the thermometer that's by the back door, and it was 39 degrees. So, but I the, think we hit 33, and it, we didn't have any frost. But for some reason, the anti-freeze um, cycle on my pool pump kicked on at 39 degrees. So if it gets down close to freezing, it kicks on to keep the to keep And it did not freeze, right? And it didn't freeze. So it so worked. But it, did, but it, didn't, <laughs> but it didn't get even close to freezing. So it, it, There's just no way. Right next to a, especially right next to the pool. Yeah. You know, that's a, a big body of heater. It's a big heat sink. Yeah. 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 Um, I had very little frost on freeze warning day. But yesterday, I had significantly more frost than the day before when it was supposed to be much warmer. Frost day. And then I had frost this morning, but not as much as yesterday, but more than freeze warning day. Did, did you take precautions with any of your plants? No. I, I was going to, best, best intentions, and then when I got home it was warm, and I grabbed an umbrella and I stuck it over the new avocado transplant, and it kept falling off, and I said, this is stupid. And then I looked <laughs> at the live weather observation stations around my house. I went to the weather service site and looked at them, and they were in the upper to mid-40s. And I set my alarm for 3 a.m. to to check it again to see if I needed to go hose things down or anything. And I, my knee went off at around, around 1 o'clock in the morning. It woke me up, and I checked all of those weather stations, and we were still in the 40s, so I didn't worry about it at all. I also thought we – I mean, we did have a good rain, which was good. The ground was wet. But it, we had a good breeze. Yes. There was a constant and breeze, so I wasn't as concerned as I was when we first initiated with the warnings. So I'm guessing deep down in the, in the valleys, although one of the three readings around me is at a, a little pit just over the hill from me, and it was only in the upper 30s at 1 o'clock in the morning, so I, I wasn't worried. They, you felt pretty safe. Cold. Yes. Well, that well, said, we did take precautions at the nursery and covered up a lot of plants, the tender stuff, and some of we our moved a lot of stuff. We, we moved, moved a, lot of a stuff third of covered, the nursery right. under shade or mm-hmm. and but, under but some roof. of our basil actually took a hit, um, which we had covered. So it must have been at least uh, pretty cold in those locations. On the so it was nursery. basil cold out there. It, that's the way that that's how we'll describe it henceforth. Okay. Well, I was I was watching. I think it, I, and from here on out and forever and ever. I don't think it was last night. I think it was the night before they were saying the. The low at Lake Cuyamaca was expected to be 12. 
It got cold up there. We, yeah. we we set some new cold records. That really so I've never seen I've never seen temperatures in San Diego that that low before. That really surprised me that it was 12 degrees. They got a ton of snow up there too. What did they get like 14 inches of snow? Yes. Right. That that's yeah. snow plows didn't quite keep up with it on That's a on lot Interstate of, 8. That's a lot of snow. Well, they took away this morning when I got up they had the cold temperature records on here, but there were Quite a few cold ones, including Cuyamaca. Yeah, that is really cold. You know, we've got more to talk about as far as the weather is concerned and things that are going on with your plants. But let's get uh, some of the garden classes out of the way today. In San Diego, it's going to be spring bulbs with a, with a guest speaker. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kathleen is out right now, so David is going to take over the the um, class today, and that's at 9 o'clock in San Diego. Welcome back, Dave. Th- thank you. Uh, at 9.30 this morning in in Poway, it's going to be bonsai base, bon, excuse me, bonsai basics. Yes, with, we don't uh, want that call coming through. Uh, <laughs> with Richard Wright, um, and we got some really nice plants in yesterday too. So very timely, very very timely. Uh, next weekend, which is March first already. Oh no, March first is Tuesday. What do I have that on here? Never mind. Um, well, which is March, March already? Next March, weekend. Well, next week. It's the first. Uh, class for March. Yes, that's going to be March fifth. There you go. Yeah, the first is the fifth, and that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be Citrus Care with Tyler Trimble, and we've got more to talk about as far as citrus is concerned coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh, and in Poway, it's going to be Spring Color with Brian Robert, who's our uh, who's our uh, green goods buyer. Um, now, Brian and I were talking about that because we were we were discussing that it's coming up and he was going yeah but we've got hard freezes and I'm ready to talk about spring color it was yeah. not a hard freeze warning. we have frost warnings and cold weather okay but that. now we're ready to move forward with spring okay. and if you're looking to if you're looking to get out of the house uh, today or tomorrow um the mycological society fungus fair is going on <laughs> at the uh, casa del prado and Balboa Park today and tomorrow, and as I've said in the past, it is one of the most interesting plant-related, even though it's not really a plant, it, um, it's one of the most interesting shows you will go to uh, in the park. Uh, definitely definitely stop by and see it if, if you have a chance to do so. And coming up March 18th, and 20, 18th through the 20th, that is the big orchid show uh, down at the Scottish Rite Center. That they do every year. That's the big show they do every year. Right. So, um, we we don't sell tickets to that anymore. The, I don't know. We don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Maybe. That call came through to Poway, and I didn't think we did. But when we did, it was primarily out of the San Diego. San Diego store. sold sold, sold the most of them. Um, but yeah, we used to sell a. Yeah, we did. We they do it online. It's all online now. I think so. Oh. Yes. Um, and if you're if you're looking to add orchids to your collection, you take your life in your hands uh, yeah. trying to get into the, uh, Especially the sales area. Been, it has been going on the last couple of years. Yeah, because yeah, of COVID, yeah. But. I think they missed the last two. So yeah, yeah. So that be a little nutty, but definitely. Uh, yeah. You want to go? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely worth going. Sharpen your elbows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Mark, maybe you can do some some training with them on how to. Block box, out. Box out, yes. Yeah, box out. Is that what it's called? The basketball yes. term? I remember watching you teach the kids that. Yeah. That'd be good. Mark will do some some training. De- some defensive training, shopping. Just <laughs> defensive shopping. Yes. Yes. And how to keep people out of your space. If you wanna if you want to give us a call today, eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is the number. Uh I had mentioned that we I had mentioned citrus and we got we're pretty excited. We got some really interesting citrus varieties in from a grower that we typically don't, that we typically haven't bought from in the past. Um, and you've got the list of stuff that we've. I got. do. You, I do. Do you want to go over some? Oh, of the I highlights? thought we were going to do it later. Later. You mean well, no, now? Later? We, no, we could do it right now. Okay. We'll do the we'll do the weather later. Okay. So this is the list of what is. I'll point it out for everybody on the radio. This is the list of what they're going to have in San Diego later this morning. I'm going to go from here to there. And uh, it's a pretty neat list. Would is you it all agree? Minimum, minimum quantities? Yes, very limited quantities. Okay. Um, I'll just go down the list real quick. Nordman seedless kumquats, Fukushu kumquats, which we haven't had those for – we've had them before, but not for years. 
And this is one, Bouquet de Fleur, which is a very fragrant citrus. And I think that's what it is grown for, not for, for eating. Oh, A few amazing. Shasta mandarins, some Lee by Nova mandarins, Fukumoto navels, a few Calamondins, Midnight Valencia, Rio Red Grapefruit, Trovita Orange, and I have to pause yeah. at Trovita Orange. Um, actually, we'll come back to Trovita Orange. I shan't pause. Star Ruby Grapefruit, Lisbon Lemons, Newhall Orange, some Persian Limes, which is something we normally carry but have been hard to find, Allen Eureka Lemon, and Genoa Lemons. Uh, we've had a lot of people looking for Genoa Lemons. It's Guess where that's from? Oh, Genoa. Good guess. Old school. Uh, Chislet Orange, Barnfield Naval, Powell Naval, Rush Tea Orange, Tahoe Gold Mandarin, and Lisbon Lemons. All in limited supplies. Some of these are in uh, little test tubes, and they're about a foot tall, and and most of them are, uh, of the smallest ones are branched. Uh, They can go into the ground right away with protection, or the smallest ones would be good to put into a container probably for a season and then transplant next year, let them grow up a little bit. But varieties that we have not seen before and that we are not likely to see again, not in any size unless we place orders for them. And then we're looking at one to three years between ordering them and having them grown for us and when when they'd be available. Now, some of those were on the true dwarfing rootstock, right? A couple of those, the Valencia, Midnight Valencia and the Rio Red Grapefruit, are on Flying Dragon or True Dwarf rootstocks. And that is another thing that we haven't, haven't been able to get. And, and the rootstock, it's funny, the True Dwarf rootstock plants are a little bit bigger than the other, other plants we got in. Standard or- yeah. And there's a few more varieties that we only got one or two of that, didn't, that are all up in Poway. But Poway has those same trees listed plus quite a few more that we only got one or two of. Um, so if you are looking for those, and those what, are... What are the costs on those? The the smallest ones are $20, the the medium-sized ones are 45 and the biggest ones are 70 Okay. I mean, all And the, the specialty varieties are in the small and the medium. Gotcha. Uh, the widest variety is in the, the small. They're kind of test tube liners, but they're, they're, they they're bigger. Great. They're much bigger than I... Yeah, yeah they're bigger than implies. I expected I, what I expected them. Um, the Nordman, the Nordman kumquat was interesting, and it's a it's a seedless kumquat, and there were actually I think two ripe ones on on the on there the were. plants, and uh, <laughs> and I I tried one of them, and I, I I'm not a huge kumquat fan, but it was it, it had good. really good flavor to it, and it's nice that there, there was no seeds in it, so right, and, and having thing, yeah. been around Ken with fruit before, and yeah. his opinions. <laughs> And the way he usually treats new types of fruit, I was shocked by his positive reaction. Um, of course, glowing endorsement. Yes, yeah, it's a it, it was it was a good it's a good kumquat. Oh, you were gonna go? You wanted to circle back to the Trevita orange? Okay, so Trevita oranges. Or do you want to wait? Well, yeah. Let me just give a quick the uh, USDA no the California Department of Food and Agriculture had been alerted that. <laughs> This shipment was occurring, and they were very surprised because they've never seen a retailer get this many trees before, only growers. And they came by to visit and check out this, the shipment before it even got here. So it shipped on Monday, uh, shipped on Tuesday. The cow ag showed up on Wednesday, and the trees didn't show up till Thursday. So I called her, and she came back out and was very was pleasantly surprised at how nice this stuff looked because she's only used to seeing it going to our suppliers. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was good for everybody, and they were excited that it was coming down. I I also got a a small update on HLB. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the Huang Long Bing, the citrus greening disease, and the citrus psyllid, and the... Trovita Orange are all things that we could talk about shortly. Yeah, we need to take a quick break. You're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We'll be back with more right after this.
Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. Welcome back to Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. Got a gardening question? Call 888-344-1170. 888-344-1170. Now, here's your hosts, Ken Anderson, David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. And we're back. With more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. Um, you were talking about the Trovita orange. Trovita. So I'm sure people have heard me say once or twice that one of the benefits to oranges is their pith. And yes. so Trovita orange has exceptional pith. It has a very thick rind, and it has great pith for those of you who would like to get a little more pith in your diets, and I think it is filled with vitamins, minerals, and fiber. Um, but it holds on the tree well. The only downside to the Trovita orange is that the oils in the skin will cause your lips to burn a tiny bit if you're getting the pith out of them, whereas the, the Washington navel orange, the Caracara pink navel, and the Jingcheng orange, their pith comes oil sting free. Oh, that you did. Yes, pretty fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, that that's not I, that's not exciting to me. But I appreciate you telling me that. Yes. Well, I, I just can't quite figure out why people would want to eat the pith. Okay, because well, it's, not, it's not a it's lot healthy. of people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> good, good point. George. You want to put instead of put normal in yeah, there exactly. parenthetically? It's not everybody because it's good for you. Hmm. I am sure with my eating habits that citrus pith is one of the things that has helped to keep me moving. And I also read something the other day about citric acid breaking down uric acid and might help with with Gout. joints and things. And I haven't had as much citrus over the last few weeks as I should, so I need oh, to... Maybe that's the problem. I need to step back up my citrus intake. Well, is Trovita is not a sour orange, is it? No, Trovita no. is a kind of a Valencia type, but it has some... Naval, Naval characteristics, characteristics. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a juicier orange. Um, the color isn't as rich as it would be on a Caracara, but thick rind, and it's just starting to ripen up now. Holds on the tree a long time. That's another... And David offers them to me periodically, and they're great, hence my purchasing one of these that just came in. He is going to get one of the Trovita oranges. Yep. The, a trof- Not a trophy Trovita, but a regular just Trovita. Just a regular one. Well, if you like pith, the... the um fruit that flying dragon produces yeah, is hard. pretty much just solid pith. pith well but is it bitter solid pith well i don't know because i don't eat it yeah. well okay but it's pith so <laughs> it's pith. Yeah. different pits taste different well, and so you don't i not even i david eat the pith out of a grapefruit or a pomelo and they have lots of pith yeah they do but they don't it does it's bad pith but lemon pith is good I don't know if you know that, but the lemon pith is is not bitter. I didn't know that. Yes. Well, you... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know that. Yeah. And then the, uh, the citrus psyllid update is when we last heard, I think it was in late fall, they had found positive trees around Oceanside, Camp Pendleton, right immediately around there. It had penetrated San Diego County, but just barely. They have not found any new trees with it. But they have found psyllids that test positive, and they can't do anything about it until they find trees that test positive. And it takes some time, many months, if not longer. And then if a certain portion of the tree is positive, it doesn't mean the entire tree is positive. So you take a sample from a tree that had positive psyllids on it, if you don't take the sample from the right part of the tree, the tree could be infected and you still wouldn't get a positive. The whole tree doesn't test positive then. Interesting. So they parts of the tree? You'd have to do multiple tests, but that is why there's a a delay. You have to do multiple tests and you may or may not find out, but if they find, or you may not, you may have an infected tree, but test a a negative Negative. portion of it. It's like COVID. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Now. Hey, um, <laughs> yeah. Well. 
Somebody say something. Okay, well, yeah, can, yeah. can you just mention Flying Dragon, and that's oh. our true dwarfing, and I was going to circle yeah. back to something. Go ahead. You, you if they thought. do find a positive tree, the quarantine expands by five miles. Okay, that's where you're Wow. Going. Yeah. Which would start to spread into the growing Regions. areas of San Diego County, our citrus supply, the fruit trees. Yeah. Now you can talk about Flying Dragon. Well, it's a, it's a true dwarf, but we, we had a customer call, one of our good customers, Marge, called a couple of weeks ago. She's been wanting these dwar- dwarfs. But in the process of my talking with her, she was talking, she wanted one of the plants that Ken was talking about on the radio. You, one of the plants that s- smells beautiful but is ugly. Oh, Osmanthus fragrance. Well, we kept talking about it. Yeah. And, and anyway, long story short is she, now she's a, one of our happy customers because these trees came in and she has an Osmanthus that oh. smells Wonderful, but is an ugly plant. Yeah, that it is. <laughs> yeah, um, and do not did, judge a book by its cover. Correct. And did you want to talk about semi dwarf citrus? No, no. I just did, that's, oh, I was, that's what maybe okay. oh, we back could to that, okay. that Osmanthus. We could talk about semi dwarf. Yeah, because he, he he created a huge problem for us at Walter Anderson Nursery in Poway. Oh, George I did, did. Yeah, because I put I put a, a somebody on the list for a dwarf, which I didn't say semi dwarf, but for me I wrote dwarf, and it confused all the people. Because typically, yeah. dwarf has meant semi-dwarf. semi-dwarf. We call yeah. them dwarfs, but it's always been semi-dwarf because flying dragon rootstock, which would create a true dwarf, hasn't been available. Correct. But I typically, when I write semi-dwarf, I put the word semi in there, but other people don't. We that's just why we call had some confusion. Dwarf. That's yeah. why it caused confusion. Well, I think Derlings even used to label it true dwarf. Citrus. No, they use yeah a gen. No, they called it genuine Derlings dwarf, which oh, was, was a semi-dwarf. Okay. Yes, <laughs> but it was a. Possibly a misleading label. Oh, I see. Um, but you know, the, the, honestly, I don't. I don't. People don't need to plant standard citrus. Correct. They, they really they, don't. They, I mean, a, 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 most of the semi dwarf citrus will get yeah between eight and eight and twelve feet, feet yeah. and they produce the, they produce fruit proportionally the same as a standard citrus. So you don't really need a. 20-foot-tall orange tree in your backyard. Which gives you the opportunity to put multiple trees in, different varieties, and increase your uh, selection of what you can pull off the trees. Most of the semi-dwarf 7- to 10-year-old citrus at my house is about 4 to 6 feet tall and probably 6 to 8 feet wide and loaded with with fruit. The uh, tango mandarin semi-dwarf is a little bit taller. It's probably... Six to eight feet tall after seven to ten years, and it produces more fruit than I can possibly I can, eat. Yeah, or drink. Yeah, <laughs> or slice and juice. You know, there's uh, lots of different things that you can juice, and I know we can freeze them into ice cubes and all that stuff. But there's a lot. But that's what that's what neighbors and work buddies are for, yeah. right? Correct. Okay. Uh let's see. What else we got to talk? about? Oh, you know what? We can talk. We can go back to the. Go, going back to the weather, um, that storm that came through was a halfway decent storm. We got almost we got about almost seven tenths of an inch of rain in Poway. I think it was point six seven the last time I looked at the looked at the gauge. Um, but we got hail out of it too. And I know there I know um, some friends of mine in Scripps Ranch um, also had several bouts of hail out of that last storm. So along with the cold. The the freeze temperatures that we had, the frost, which is which is which may manifest itself on some more tender plants, we're going to start seeing hail damage. Right, uh, that's going to start coming through. And hail damage typically <clears throat> happens to softer foliage plants. Uh, sometimes agaves, agaves uh, suck, succulents, things yeah, like succulents, that. Yes. Uh, uh, but bougainvilleas will will show it as well, and it can, and it manifests itself as little pits in the in the foliage and i haven't seen any yet haven't seen anybody come in yet with it but i won't be surprised if it starts coming in pretty soon especially the we moved our bougainvilleas um under shade to protect them from the frost but if they were out in the hail we're probably going to see some damage on those and you know what else you say soft leaves man they the soft leaves show the most damage but sagos really sagos pit yeah, you will see yeah. a lot, uh, and I, we didn't move any of those out because I was only worried about cold, not not yeah, pitting. hail, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pith and pit, those are my concerns. Um, gosh, two 
two gorgeous Sagos that we had, two of the big ones. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Went out this week. They were gorgeous. They were huge. They were in 24-inch boxes. They, yeah, large they were monsters. How were many monsters. years old would those be? I mean, because they take forever to grow. I would say probably 20 to 30-year-old plants. Yeah. At least, I would growing, think. Right? At least. Um, so anyway, if you start seeing little... If you start seeing little pits on some of the foliage on your plant, on on some of the foliage in your yard, that's probably what it is is um, hail damage, traces of hail damage. We always see it a month or two after the fact, and people don't typically want to believe that that's what it is, but, especially with agaves or things like that. It's like, yeah, it wasn't from yesterday; it was from you know two months ago or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then if you did get frost damage on some of your plants. That will usually manifest itself at the top where the foliage will burn, but the, everything underneath of that will usually look okay. So if that does happen, there again, uh, bougainvilleas and hibiscus are the two that I can think of off the top of my head that can be really susceptible to it. Probably just best to leave it on there because if you go through and you cut it off and we have another freeze cycle come through right. – then it's going to freeze more, and it's going to you're going to have to cut more off in the in the long run. Right now, that damaged foliage is protecting. is protecting what's beneath it. You know, I was noticing this morning as I was walking back up my driveway after after letting the chickens out that my lantana did not get burned, okay. and it is one of the ones that is the first to get damaged. Typically, yes. And with the frost that I had on the clover and on the grass. It it damaged some of the clover, but it didn't. There was no damage on my. Is it a higher lantana or a low it's, growing? It's it's low, okay. But it is slightly higher higher on the driveway. You know, it's not at the at the level. Yeah, I was looking at ours in, at the nursery where we have our butterfly garden each day that we've had the cold weather to see if there's been any damage. It's a tree form, so it's up in the air a bit. It Did the foliage darken on it? It Did didn't it? appear to yeah. not yet anyway. So that's a a good. Canary in the coal mine. Yeah, it's a good indicator plant. Yes. Well, and this time, and a a cold event like this also points out the risk of trying to get your vegetable garden started a little too early. early. Um, A lot of people like to do that. They like to get a jump on it, and we've and we've been bringing bringing the stuff in for it. But you do run the risk of you do run the risk of freezing, and it's. I would say it's still early to get up to put your vegetables out. I would probably, if it was me, I would probably wait until mid March. But uh, if some you people get, don't want to wait. Yeah, no, some people don't want to wait that long. And yeah. if you want, and if you want to, if you want to get a jump on it, you can certainly do that. But just take precautions and make sure that you have protection. If we get into a, if we get into another cold cycle like we were just that we just came through, uh, have frost blankets or something that you can put. We can put hot hats on the on the over near tomatoes just do something to protect them if the weather is going to drop in temperature again if you want to give us a call 888-344-1170 is the number uh we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk to larry in oceanside Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. And we're back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. If you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, We're going to go up to Oceanside where Larry is waiting. There we go. Morning, Larry. How are you? Morning. Good. Good. You know, uh, just want to let you guys know we, you know, we still listen to you out here. Um, Ken, about last September, and and it kind of stuck with me that you said when you um, I'm going to fertilize uh, one of the properties I got with lawn fertilizer, and you said don't use weed and feed mm-hmm. because it doesn't work. Can you t- 
was I hearing you right when you said that? And can you tell me the principles of that? Yeah, I can tell you what's going on. Uh, I personally don't use it. it do, it's not that it doesn't work. It's just that it's not a very efficient way of doing it. The when you put the when you put a, a regular weed and feed down, the weed killer only kills the weeds that it gets on. Now, unless your lawn is completely weeds, you're going to have big open spaces of grass where the you're going to be putting weed killer down. That's going to do absolutely nothing for your lawn. So it's not very efficient in that regard. I prefer to I prefer to spot treat and spray. Put a, put down a regular fertilizer and then just go and spot treat and spray the weeds and then you're only putting the weed killer where the weeds are and you're not wasting it in the areas where they're not. That's that's my theory behind it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I thought I heard you right and yeah, um, yeah it makes sense. I, I just thought I didn't hear it right. But, yeah, uh, you know the only other the only one that I would the only one that I would say that you where you would want where you where it would make sense is if you have a fertilizer with a pre-emergent weed killer in it and that way the pre-emergent co- covers the entire lawn area and treats the entire lawn area and it and it is worthwhile um but pre-emergent weed killers you need to put those on back in January to be really effective because as the weather starts to warm up those seeds are going to start to germinate and it won't do anything to seeds that have already germinated yeah, that's yeah. With the rain and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, that well, um, yeah, I want, that's good information. I want to carry that on. Thanks okay, a lot. you're welcome. Thanks, Larry. You bet. You know, I've never thought about it in that term. I've thought about it just being inefficient, but not because you're putting it down everywhere. And people right. don't want to put herbicide down everywhere where they don't need it. There's no reason exactly. to right. liquid. Really yeah, that makes no so much yeah. sense. I yeah. guess. I'm going to go out on and say I probably wasn't here the weekend you said that. Not that I because wasn't listening. No, you were, I would have remembered it. No, you don't yeah. listen. No, no, no. I mean that day I would have. I'm That's important. No, it is. I mean, so I mean, but if you good have information, a lot, if yeah. you have a, a large area, lawn that yeah. has a, you know weeds throughout, that it's hmm. useful. It's going to work. It's not as uh, wasteful. Yeah. But if it's you know just a portion of the lawn has the weeds, and yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yep. Um. You had a fall. Well, I wasn't here last weekend, but you had a uh, somebody called in with a question about a Brinfelsia, and you had Clark. You had a follow up for yeah, that. I, I got pictures from him on Sunday, and the Brinfelsia was alive. It was uh, well. For those of you who didn't hear it last week, he called because a very important plant to him was not looking very good, and there were a lot of things going on that were compounded by this plant not looking good or comp pounded the fact that it didn't look good. But anyway, it was in a salt-encrusted pot and saucer. So the water, when it was being watered, was not draining through. And I think the it, the plant looks like it's going to be fine. And I forgot to share with him Mark's, I think, on-air comments, which were, it's probably time for it to go up into a bigger pot. And I, I think that would be a good idea, in addition to flushing the salts out of the soil and a lot of times when people have container plants in with a saucer under them, they just put enough water in to kind of wet the plant because they don't want to keep the water sitting in the saucer. And that allows all the salts that are uh, in our, in our water, water, water to right. build up in the soil and on the saucer around it and, and on the pot. But so, it doesn't – yeah, they don't want to sit in – They don't like salt. No. Yeah. So yeah. getting it, it – I recommend that he flush it and just run a lot of water through and give it some food and move forward. But it would be even a better idea to put it into a larger pot with some fresh soil and uh, or even a similar size pot with some fresh soil. And that should encourage it to come out very, very quickly. Uh, yeah. If he is listening to us this morning, and if not, well, regardless, I'm going to send him a follow-up email and very suggest good. that. So thank you, Mark. Good plan. Well, I went home that day and looked at ours, and it's just getting buds on it right now. And then that Sunday, Capri and I were in Balboa Park, where they have a not a great-looking one, but a, a large Brunfelsia, the yesterday, today, and tomorrow by the Japanese Garden, and that was in oh. it was in bloom and very fragrant. Yeah, is it the large flowering one or the small flowering? The well, small yeah, one. Just the, I, I, yeah. I was going to say medium size because oh. I don't think I know the smaller flowering one. Well, this, yeah. Yeah, that's about, right there for the medium size. Yeah. About, about, about a quarter silver right. dollar size. Right. Because the big one is like two and a half, three inches across. Yeah. yeah. Like an Ike. An Eisenhower dollar. Well, maybe even a little bigger. Bigger than that. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, if you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to go up to number, Fallbrook. You did the number much better that I time. did. Uh, we're going to go up to Fallbrook where Harry is waiting. Good morning, Harry. How are you? Uh, good morning. Um, the, the county of San Diego, once upon a time, had farm advisors. Uh, they had farm advisors for people uh, who did commercial and, and, and I think also uh, other advisors. And they had an advisor for entomology, bugs for bugs. Now you call the county and you can't find these people. Do you know anything about it? Well, I, I think they did get rid of their full-time entomologist. I just I did hear that not too long ago. But um, uh, other than that, I, I don't know anything about it. I haven't heard it. anything. Um, but if you are there, they do still have advisors, and the Farm Bureau uh, has advisors and helps people that are commercially growing. Um, and then the UC Extension Program service through University of California is still there to offer assistance but the is that with the master gardeners right yeah i mean so you have the well, master whole, gardeners program and, as well yes and all of those are resources for information what are you looking okay, for something well, in particular no i used to call sometimes to find out about a particular insect or whatever uh, they're um, from a uh, uh, what is it uh, master gardener still works on a limited basis but uh, the farm advisors who used to advise a lot of the people on 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 their uh, I, I, San Diego was a major agricultural center. I mean, with all the avocados and everything like that. And I, I just don't understand why uh, that position has been vacant for such a long time. Well, that yeah. that is a, a valid question, but it is probably a question for a, a different group. Uh, but it is. Pest control and advice is is very important, and so we try and fill in where we can. Although we're no county yeah. extension, what was the uh, what was the county guy's name from uh, ben, Green Acres? Oh, Ben! Oh, oh boy, Ben Binder, something like that. Ben Grinder, um, uh, Bender. Gary His Gary Bender. Bender. Gary Bender. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We're going back a few years. <laughs> And uh, uh, no one is, as far as I know, uh, has taken his place. Yeah, the the Calif- or the Farm Bureau, the San Diego County or San Diego Farm Bureau would probably be your next best bet for that kind of assistance, or they could direct you to commercial types of assistance in that yeah. regard. You know, as far as questions about the office is concerned, you could probably get information from your uh, Supervisor. county supervisor's yeah. office. Well, that's exactly what I've been doing, and no one's returning the call. So oh. I don't think these people are around anymore. Yeah. And I don't know how how aggressive they are in, in trying to find replacements. So I thought maybe you might have uh, some idea on that. Unfortunately, we don't. No, unfortunately, we don't. We're and we've got the we've got the same amount of information as you do at this point. Um, yeah. So it, I'm guessing it's probably a budgetary issue. That's yeah. usually sure, what it, it's yeah. usually what it comes down to is money. So. Right. And and also, yeah, San Diego County was a huge agricultural and floriculture uh, hotspot for many many years. But you know, you don't have to drive around too far to see that a lot of that has disappeared. Um, just acres and acres and acres of avocado groves that are that are gone. Same thing with citrus. There's it's just it's the land values got so much yeah. that it it's just not feasible to do it anymore. Unfortunately, yeah. Well, let's get on the brighter side of things. Have you ever heard of a black Tartarian cherry? Yes. Yeah, black Tartarian. And do you know what the chill factor is on that? Pretty high, I think. I think it is not one of the low, low yeah, chills, but I could. I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, you guys chat for a minute. Um, and, and actually, while I'm, I'm looking for that... Um, the why, county, the county why, is still doing extensive testing or uh, trapping and identifying of pests all over the county. That has not stopped. So the fact that you don't have access to somebody doesn't mean that the county 
is uh, isn't doing anything. They put traps out all over the county year round and are constantly testing and checking to to keep us as pest free as possible. So I wanted to to yeah. mention that even though you don't have somebody to go visit in an office, the county is still oh. on top of Very it. Active. And the cherry's a seven hundred hour chill, and it does require a pollinator. Okay. All right. Uh, Lowe's, in their infinite wisdom, Mm -hmm. has brought in a lot of cherries from Northwest. And what they uh, don't include in their packaging, whatever, is the chill factor for these particular uh, cherry trees. Right. So if someone buys, say, like, like I did, um, uh, an idiot buys a. a oh, you, you don't know. Cotton. I mean, you just want a cherry tree. I mean, they shouldn't be. Well, theoretically, they should tell you, but. Well, the, a, absolutely, they but, should have it right on. That's the most important thing on the package. What the chill factor but is. They, but they buy things it's, like it's nationally. I don't think that they're they're buying them regionally. So they send them out to stores, and you take your chance. Unfortunately. Harry, we need to take okay. a break, but uh, thank you very much for the call. Have a great weekend. Uh, you're listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to be back with more right after this. Get your gardening questions answered by calling 888-344-1170. That's 888-344-1170. There is more Garden Talk on the way. And we're back with more Garden Talk on KCBQ and KPRZ. I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross, Mark Mahady, and George Allman. We're going to head back well, real quickly. Be, uh, I was told that the Natural History Museum has helpful entomologists. They do. So if you want pests ID, that's a, a good resource. Correct. Okay, now you can go. We can go now? Yes. Okay, so we're going to go up to Carlsbad where Larry is waiting. Good morning, Larry. How are you? Oh, pretty good. How about yourself? Doing well. What can we do for you? Um, I have this avocado tree, and uh, it's over 50 years old. Uh, it's not a very big tree, but every time uh, I've gone out there to check on it, it looks like something. Something has been eating the leaves, and I cannot ever see an insect on there. And But in the last two years, we've had just swarms of little bitty crickets. Do they eat, eat avocado leaves? Not, not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. There's a lace bug, right, that's out there? Yeah, but I, lace bug? I don't think it takes bites out of it. I have seen missing avocado leaves. I have had missing avocado okay. leaves, and I have not been able to find a culprit. So... I, I go to the easiest uh, excuse and go with grasshoppers because they come and go when you don't see them. But I, I don't know. It doesn't look like grasshopper damage because they usually eat more caterpillar-like. And these are sharper chunks, yeah. like little building blocks taken out of the leaf. If it's, if it's a half-circle leaf. That's it's not a half. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I, what I'm dealing with is not. What are your, yep. what are your bite marks look like? They just look like little jagged uh, pieces taken yeah. off. I, I've noticed that with mine as well. It, it hasn't been overwhelming, but I've never been able to find the culprit. The, culprit. <laughs> the causal agent. I cannot find the causal agent. Well, usually when that happens, um, my 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 main guess is that it's pro- it's probably a, a grasshopper or something related to that because they they're not sedentary feeders. They come in, they eat. And then and they, they take on. and they move yeah. on. So it's unless you actually catch them eating, you're not going to see them on the plant. So there, that, that, there is a caterpillar though that will affect um, avocados or does really? It, yeah, there are two. There's a uh, it's called an omnivorous looper or lopper mm-hmm. that gets on there, and it's dark, it's green, it's hard to see, and they can eat leaves out the way you're describing it. But you would see them if you really did a thorough in- yeah. search. You, what we typically look for, for when we're looking at caterpillars is the leaves beneath the damaged leaves look oh, for droppings. Exactly. Black spots. Or I haven't found anything. 
Uh, yeah, uh, you, one thing I'm uh, concerned about also is that I have a uh, an light ash substance uh, growing up the branches, and I don't know what that is. I don't see any fibers on it, but I see this light ash, and it's moving up all the branches. Like and I was told that you could treat that with... Uh, a mixture of coffee and water. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> no. Sounds like a, a, a acid to take something out of its growing range. Uh, like caffeine, caffeine and the coffee or something uh, is a repellent to insects. And some, I've heard that you can use a mixture of coffee and water and uh, spray it on those things. And you've got to be very careful with proportions and things in doing that because uh, you can do damage to foliage. But... I did see some ash whitefly on an avocado leaf just a couple of days ago. It was from the Point Loma area, and it's a tiny little kind of gray and white dot on the backs of the leaves, but not on the trunks or branches. Yeah, on the branches, and it just seems to be going up all the branches. Hmm. And, uh, like oh, a copper spray you, some you know some that sort of fungus? No, um, you see on the green parts of branches, usually from sunburn. Uh, right. that, that are exposed to the sun, you'll see a kind of a grayish-black pattern on the tops of those branches. Uh, if that's what it is, I think that's just from the sun. If you want to take some pictures and bring them in, or you can email us pictures, uh, we could take a look at it and see if that's what it looks like. But if on that's what I've seen on, on green branches, if that's what you're des- describing on a kind of a younger tree, or just the newer growth. Yeah, this is 50 years old, yes. and it has a very, very thin skin on the avocado. They never seem to grow more than two and a half inches long, two and a half to three. I have raccoons and everything else going after him, you know, when when they hang close to the ground. So if, I, if that discoloration is only on the tops of the leaves, it's probably environmental. So that's another way to, to, to take a look at it. Yeah, it's not on the leaves. Uh, on the branches, I'm sorry. If it's only on the tops of the branches... Well, I, I appreciate your expertise, and, uh, you know, right. I'll, uh, I'll pray for it, too. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Larry. Yeah. Have a great you, weekend. Have a, you, too. God bless. Uh, we're going to go talk to Pamela, who's got a plumeria question. Good morning, Pamela. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, yeah, I have a plumeria that was started from a, a cutting, and a, it's... Um, more than 10 years old, and it has never bloomed. It puts out beautiful leaves, and um, but I can't get it. Yeah, I can't get it to bloom, and I'm using the uh, fertilizer for it. And every two weeks, I thought I would. Not now. Where do you know, where do you, where do you live? Um, uh, uh, East County. Um, okay. And how uh, how much sun does it get? It gets a lot of sun. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Well, it it wants sun most of the day. Correct. So make sure it's getting that much sun. Right. And keep going with your food and water. And how often are you watering it? In the summer. In the summer. In the summer? Well, it's in a half, you know. um, Barrel? Half barrel. And uh, I water it uh, when it, when it feels dry on top. Uh, well, uh, well, approximately how often is that? Because the top's <laughs> going to get dry very quickly. At least, at least uh, two or three times a week. Okay, most. I'm going to tell you, and again, you'll have to check it. But you're watering it too often. My guess is you're probably watering it too frequently. You want to give it a good soak, and yeah, you don't want it to dry out. Uh, yeah. But you you'd much rather have it a little bit more on the dry side than staying too moist. Typically, okay. if you get a lot of good veg, a lot of good green growth, I would tell you you're probably over you're overwater or you're overwatering. That's that's mm. what I would tell you. Yeah, they need have, water, but they don't want to stay wet. Well, it doesn't stay wet. Well, that's if it's three true. times a week, I think that's a little much. Again, I'm I can't see what you're. Well, you know, I I'm so old. <laughs> I. <laughs> I water, you know. I'm not. I'm not that um, uh, careful about how often I water. 
it's how well I feel to get out and water. <laughs> no, I, I understand. I mean, but but, but I don't. Uh, I, well, I, I might think it was over water, but I don't think so. Uh, I would cut. I think I would cut back to. I think I would cut back to once a week right. uh, and keep up with the fertilizing. The fertilizer that we recommend, they think they recommend every two weeks. So make sure that you're on that schedule as well, and give it as much sun as you possibly can. Uh, Pamela, thank you very much for the call. We need to take. We need to. We We're need done. to get. We need to get out of here. We'll be back next weekend with another hour of Garden Talk right here on KCBQ and KPRZ. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.